Thank you for tuning in to Cop and Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with Comic No Filter Paul. No Filter Paul, how the hell are you? Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Oh, thank you so much for coming on. I follow you everywhere. You are No Filter Paul on Twitter and Instagram. Yep, yep. appreciate that. Thank you, man. Yeah, and if we did the, if we did the show a couple weeks ago, you would have told me about the 50 gigs you have, but now yes. not, not so much. So you just had yeah. a packed calendar for a second there. Yeah, it's a bit of a you know, it's a bit of a dead calendar right now. But uh, you know, I'm looking at booking another show for next weekend, and uh, you know, it's kind of difficult getting inside shows right now because nobody wants to be inside. Uh, last weekend, I was on with uh, Dave Landau from the Anthony Cumia show. I did three shows with him last weekend, wow. and. Uh, I've been doing quite a few shows. I did one with Don Jameson the week before that. But, uh, you know, bit of a lull. <laughs> and I see, I mean, now that Dangerfield's closed down, like I see this picture of you with uh, Dangerfield's uh, logo behind you. So, I mean, you know, is that, was that club uh, any good? I hear it was pretty solid. It, it was it was pretty good. I mean, it was, it was kind of <laughs> quiet towards the end. And they, they, they didn't open, you know, during the pandemic. Um, yeah. I mean, the last big thing they did is they were, they were the club in the movie The Joker. If you saw that, the... Uh, when he had his awful stand-up in the Joker, that was Dangerfields with a different sign. They changed the sign in the background. Wow! But that was filmed in. in it was. It looked like it looked 20, 30 years ago. It had like little, little, little red lamps on tables and little booths and stuff. You know, they didn't change it, but I think that was like the uh, attraction of it. You know, and I'm glad I got to perform there. It would have yeah. sucked. Uh, it would have sucked to have never performed there, and then they closed it. Yeah. But, uh, did, did they? Did you play there back in the day, or just kind of recently, or both? And how can uh, you kind of years compare ago. the two? Okay. A couple of years ago, I, uh, I I had a spot there which uh, I was happy with. But I hear that they're looking to open somewhere else. I don't I, I don't think it's gone for good. I think they just want to open in a different area. Maybe I mean I'm hazarding a guess here: New Jersey or Long Island, somewhere oh, that because uh, the city's not allowing comedy. Yeah, which is so stupid. You can go see <laughs> a band, but you can't see comedy, which is the <laughs> dumbest thing ever. But uh, yeah, that's 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 what they're saying. They're saying that it's not gone for good. And so are you just totally ab- abhorring and hating these outdoor comedy shows? Yeah, it, it's so strange, man. I've done a couple of shows um, where you're standing in front of a bunch of cars and you're using like the radio on the cars and uh, people are beeping their horns instead of laughing, which is really, really weird. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and you can't really time your jokes anymore because you don't know how long you got to wait for the fucking beat, bro. Well, you know what's actually interesting is if you do some Zoom things which are horrible but if you have done any zoom things during this if you do any of the international ones they have the same pause so if you've done like i did a bunch <laughs> in london okay. and I, you know you sit there and you're like did they laugh at that or did they did, was it really that bad and then all of a sudden you get a laugh that's the same beat as if they do it in the car which is kind of bizarre. <laughs> so but, uh, you're, you're learning it it's, it's so stupid like you have to start learning these things it's like oh you're gonna be a comedian these days well you have to learn how to time the the car beep it's yeah, kind what, of it, it does kind of ruin it for like regular shows though because you know you're, you give it that extra pause and it's like it doesn't work at a regular show so it's so so difficult now to figure it out you know yeah and so i mean you know at what point did you become no filter paul like you, you're paul for a second there and then you're no filter paul what you know what what was the what was filtering you before and what took the filter off well i i was given the name no filter paul by jim norton comedian mm-hmm. Um, on the Opie and Anthony show, was the, I did some stuff on there, and he decided that I, I was the guy that didn't have a filter. 
I didn't like censor myself, and you know, and back in the early two thousands, the PC culture didn't exist, so you could pretty much say anything you wanted. And yeah. uh, I did as the character on the show, and he gave me that name. <laughs> and you know, the Open Andy show went for a, quite a while, and uh, at the end of it. He had told me to do stand-up comedy like 15 years ago, and I never had the balls to get on stage, and I finally <laughs> did it like three or four years ago. Okay. And I'm like, why would I change the name? You know, people. there are some people that know my name. Why, why, why would I go back to my regular name? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, gosh, I had, but yeah. I had, I had idiot comics that don't know what they're talking about saying, hey, you should be poor. You shouldn't change use this name. It's, it's like a gimmick. And I'm like, no, it's a, it's a gimmick I've had since 2002. So yeah, if, Jim Nor if Jim Norton gives you a nickname on a popular radio show, you might want to keep it. That's exactly my theory, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to be big-headed or nothing, but I, a lot of shows I do, there's always a few people there that know the name, you know? So it works for me. Yeah, hell yeah. And then, you know, how are you dealing with social media without a filter? I mean, what do you notice about, you know, oh having to censor yourself for social media? Well, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. A few weeks ago, I was in a, a roast group on, on Facebook, which is horrible in the first place, but... And uh, it said, you know, we're totally uncensored. You, we don't have any rules. And I pretty much proved they do have rules. <laughs> <laughs> so what was, the, what was the road too far for them? Um, uh, it, was, it, it was like of one of those groups where you, they post a photo and, and you, uh, you decide <laughs> what to say about them. And uh, it, it was, uh, I think it was, you, this picture puts me off rape. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad yeah oh my lord and, and apparently they call themselves some sort of roast group what the fuck yes exactly it's, it's so fucking stupid you know <laughs> and i did and i did a, a an online roast for someone someone booked me to do an online roast for me uh, for a jewish guy and they told me you know any again anything goes we don't care and they listed subjects you can talk about and you can, you can probably guess what those subjects were and uh you know when we did it Crowd was horrified, <laughs> and I'm like, why tell why tell people you know we can do what we want, you know? Yeah, and so I guess the, the you know the normal rules apply in that the audience can't you know still has to laugh. They can't be too, you know too shocked not to laugh. What's your approach to kind of you know self censoring? Like even if the person well, is correct, uh, correct that you can say anything you want, you, you have know, to when, know that you have to make them laugh. So yeah, how when, do you approach your own censoring? When I first started doing stand-up, I, I, I just went down the O&A road, which was like anything went. And you, you pretty much quickly realize what you can't get into. You know, race is a touchy subject. Religion is a touchy subject. So, uh, some, kind of, some, some sex stuff is a touchy subject now. So it took me a little while. It wasn't a long time because I started out being no-filter poor. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. uh, you start to figure out from the crowds. I still, I still push, you know, and there's always... Patrice O'Neill once said to me, he said, you know, if you don't offend one person in the room, you're not doing comedy right. That's the rule I go by. You know, I, li I like that. I like because now now you're accustomed to having at least one person come up pissed off because I think yeah. some people, they, they self-censor so much that anybody coming up to them is going to take them aback. So if you're fine with one person coming up, that sounds about right. Yeah. And, you know, they say that, you know, you'll get a lot more comedy gigs if you can do, quote unquote, clean yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've had a go at that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to do a little bit of that, you know, because, you know, there's you get booked for some shows. But, you know, how, how are you no filter pool when you're talking about your puppies? Yeah, I think there's a way, but they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear what yeah. you got to do, do to those puppies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
And so, yeah, yeah how, exactly. how does how does one go about just, you know, you had, you had the full calendar for a second there. How do you, you know, how do you pull that off during a pandemic and how do you make sure your next month is just as packed as the prior month? Yeah, I mean, I, I work on it on a monthly basis right now. Um, I book some shows. Um, you, you, you have to be committed. Like the first show we did after the pandemic, we had to drive to Delaware, which was like <laughs> an hour and three quarter drive because Delaware uh, opened before, you know, New Jersey and New York. Of course. You know, some of us are a bit more committed, I guess. <laughs> we don't we don't care about driving to Connecticut to do some comedy because you, you just have, I mean, the amount of comics I've seen that have started doing comedy now and the wheels have fell off because it's, you're kind of six months without doing it. And you can just tell people, you know, they go up there and they, they run out of material. They forget their jokes. You, you just got to keep going. And I, I don't care if I have to drive to down there to do comedy. And I mean, has it, you know, has the pandemic and the lack of gigs for a second there when there was total lockdowns everywhere, you know, does that get you down? I mean, is there an uplift that comes from the crowds that you, you find, oh, find out that you need? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, if even if you go up there and you do badly, you still want to go up again. And if you do well, I mean, I, yeah. I don't know if, you, if you've experienced it, but, you know, you go up there and the crowd, you know, do you do well, but then, you know, a joke you freaked up and... <laughs> You're just like, God damn it, I, I forgot this joke. And the crowd has no idea, but you're just like, oh, I got to try it again. What's going on? Where where can I go up again? Let's drive into the city and do this. There's a few secret, there's quite a lot of secret shows going on in New York City right now, you know, and you go in and do those at 11 p.m. You know, you just want to, you just want to go up, man. It's, it's, it's addicting. You know, my addictive personality is, is being in front of a group of people and, you know, making them laugh. That's, that's always been my thing, you know. Good. That's that's better than some other addictions you could have with substances. Yeah, can't. luckily I haven't uh, haven't experienced those. I've had that around me, and uh, yeah, that's not, that's not me. Good. Uh, you saw enough to know you don't want to see any more of it. But yeah. I, li I like the fact that you're like, if I bomb, I want to get up again and make it right. And if yeah. I do well, I'm so high, so high from the stage high. It's like I got to do it again. That's fucking amazing. My, my favorite, my favorite dumbest thing to do is, is say, say you go up and you do well. And then you'll say like, "Hey, there's there's another spot in the city." And my one of my buddies, my buddy Dave, that I, we do a lot of stuff together. Uh, he says, "Paul, you just did well. Do you really want to go up again and fuck it up?" <laughs> <laughs> so you're on a high right now. So how about you go out on a high and we, we just go? <laughs> is that is that is that David Hodge? Yes. Oh yeah, I had him on. He's a lot of fun, dude. Yeah, Dave's a good guy, man. He's the one that pushed me uh, into to actually getting on the stage. Uh, he, I told him uh, three years ago that I wanted to do stand up, and I've always wanted to. And that was on a Monday, and on a Saturday, he booked me on his show. Birthday, <laughs> and I'm like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, you're going up on on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I haven't looked back. We, we 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 did the open mic circuit for a long time, and we got up to where we're happy. And uh, now we're doing shows all over, and he's fucking just as committed as I am, you know? That's so funny. You have him to thank for your addiction. It's like, thanks, David. Yeah. <laughs> I have to yeah. be on stage to get this high. Thanks, fucking David Hodge. It's crazy, it's crazy, dude. It's, it's just it's the weirdest fucking thing, man. And have you done a stand up over overseas then? And and how are the crowds different? Uh, only with the zooms. I haven't I haven't done anything physically overseas yet. I'd love to. Um, okay. I'd have to really look through my set, you know, and see what won't translate. But I've had no problem. I, I've had no problem on the the zooms, but I have kind of looked through my stuff and said, okay, this probably won't work. You know, <laughs> just just because you know, like references to people or things that you don't see. I mean, yeah. I, I grew up in England and I lived there until I was 22. So I, I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm out of touch, but I, I'm, I guess I'm out of touch with how it is now. Okay. You know? And I hear the PC culture is pretty, 
pretty awful in some of the places in, in England right now. But uh, what are you gonna do? You know? That's so funny. Like, yeah, yeah. So you you thought you know you think they were kind of buttoned up compared to U.S., but it, it's nothing compares to now, where the you know PC culture has run amok over there. So you think that your stuff might not play well over there? Well, I, on the zooms, I did fine. You know, okay. I, I did fine on the zooms, but uh, again, that doesn't mean that when you get into a room, you know, like I said, I've, I've reined it in a bit, but definitely haven't reined it in a lot. <laughs> you know? And then do you get as un-PC when it comes to, like, politics? And, you know, how are you approaching the election? Like, well, are, are you avoiding it because it would be dated I, on November? I, I kind of avoid it only because it's a really easy way to divide the room and lose half your crowd. Yeah. You know, there's a few topics like that. Ele- election. You can make fun of it very slightly, but it's it's very triggering for some people, you know. Yeah, I see comics go up there and go, yeah, hey, Trump looks like a, a fucking cheese puff. And I'm sitting there going, come on. Haven't we heard this joke nine fucking hundred times? If it's on Facebook, I mean, uh, I don't write some comics, but I sometimes Google a joke that I've come up with to see if there's a meme of it already. Yeah. Because, yeah, I I, I don't like talking about politics, you know. Yeah, you got to be pretty fresh with your take on Trump after four years of his stuff, you know. He's had so many things. It's like there's ways to be fresh on Trump and him being orange is not one of them. Yeah. And it's like Michael Jordan said, like Republicans buy sneakers too. So if you don't want to divide the audience, why are you going into politics? But just yeah, so I mean, you can. So I guess no filter, Paul means yeah. If you if you get into most rooms, you won't have a filter. But it sounds like there's going to be certain filters if you want to play across the pond, etc. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, next time I go back there, I'm going to try and get some spots over there and just see what happens, you know. But it's just self-filter. It's like I just yeah. want to make sure people laugh. And I mean, if Jimmy Cars is killing in England and he has absolutely he doesn't give a shit what he talks about you know and he i don't know it, it seems to me that there's that you get to a certain level which obviously i'm nowhere near at all um where you know like you got the dave chappelle's the jimmy cars the ricky gervaises yeah. the bill buzz you know i think when you get to a certain level there's nothing they can do yeah. about you you know what yeah. i mean the cancel culture is not touching those guys you know <laughs> No, 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 no filter Paul can still be canceled, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, a regular comic is, you know, a lot of us have a regular job. You know, we don't need this shit going back to our jobs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I guess when you're no filter Paul, I mean, having a day job can kind of, uh, I don't know, put that at risk. I mean, you want to make sure you're not saying anything that... I mean, at the very least, you want people to have laughed. It's like Bill Burr. It's like, you know, if something was on PC, it's like the whole crowd was laughing. Go fuck yourself. Like, yeah, like exactly. if you got into trouble, you know, if you got to a day job that kind of, you know, not didn't let you do it, would you be able to defend yourself by, hey, it wasn't PC, but everybody was fucking laughing. You can cancel me, but at least call me funny, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, like some jobs, it's it's just the topic. It doesn't matter at that point, you know? Yeah. People get triggered on a word, you know, and then it doesn't. I mean, I've seen it, you know, you, you say one word in a sentence and then, you know, right, you can just feel it in the room that, you, might, you know, t- maybe I should bail on this and you know, just say, fuck it. So do you have kind of, do you have kind of test jokes like that? Like if you're thinking about going rated R, you'll kind of test your PG-13 stuff first? No, I, I would say most of my stuff is R. R rated doesn't bother me. It's, it's, okay. the to- it's the topics, you know. Okay. And so will you have kind of a test joke, though, on that topic to see if they're going to pull back? Um, sometimes. Sometimes I, I, if the crowd's not working, I'll, I'll just fucking go for it because it's just, I'm like the opposite of a lot of people. Like, you know, if you, if, you, if you start doing some stuff, I don't have like 20 jokes on every topic. I, I, I'm very random. I jump around everywhere. The 
transitions are not something you really see in my set at all. <laughs> I just jump around with random stuff. And like I said, I, I, I've, I've had crowds where it doesn't work, and I'm like, fuck these people. I'm just going to really go for it because I have this whole, I have this horrendous canceled cancer joke, which is my room divider. It's, it's just this one joke. It's just it'll divide the room in a heartbeat, and if they're not liking it, I don't. I won't step back. I don't give a fuck. You know. And it's about cancer. Yes, it's about my wife getting cancer. Uh, well, if, 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 that, <laughs> if, if that's if that's true, shouldn't you be able to tell that joke? No, it's not true. Uh, <laughs> but the audience doesn't know that. So fuck. Yeah, that, exactly. And I, I've had true. I've had three or four occasions where people have come up to me at the end and gone, you know, I had to tell my husband I got cancer, and I'm like, it's a fucking joke. You're at a comedy club. Yes. Yeah, and I, and I guess, you know, you're like, fuck it, I'm going to plow ahead. I got nothing to lose. I started later in life, I suppose. Like, if you had, you know, taken Jim Norton's suggestion instead of David Hodge's suggestion, how do you think your comedy career would have been different by now, if at all? Well, like, you know, it would have been harder. Been, because more like, careful. You would have been more I careful. Had, no, well, I wouldn't, you know, you, you had to, I would have had to gradually tone it down during the, the, the time, you know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. definitely in 2004, everybody was saying whatever they wanted, you know? <laughs> And, and, and I don't know if you've watched new comics come out, comics that, you know, at the open mics, a lot of them, they go crazy with, you know, the rape jokes and, you know, race and all this. Oh, 9-11 is a popular one for new comics. They all do all this crazy shit. And then they wonder why no one puts them on a show because people are, they, nobody wants to hear about your grandma in 9-11, you know? Yeah. And some of the things. I know, I know comics that, are, that are, I think are very funny, but there's no way with their material they're ever doing anything yeah it's also not believable like a whole club of people isn't going to laugh at you if you're like well i raped my grandmother it's like no you didn't like you like yeah. like it has to be slightly believable for me to laugh yes that's why i, I would say 90 percent of my material is is based on relationships i've had okay. and just exaggerating stuff you know everybody in the crowd has had a shit relationship you know everybody that's married has thinks you know their stuff sucks at least once in their life you know so the connection is there with that you know yeah hell yeah and, and because it's based on a relationship you can you can kind of fudge the details a little bit oh yeah you have to exaggerate i mean every 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 piece if i just if you just went out there and just told you know what happened yesterday i see comics do that they try and be relevant so they do material every time they go up there they tell you what happened this week yeah and some you know very seasoned comics can do that but a guy that's done comedy eight times, no one fucking cares, and they don't know how to do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I try to add, you know, a few jokes every week is kind of my thing. I've been adding more and more. I've been, I've been getting up to speed of how to, uh, how to create the jokes. I don't spend so much time, you know, going to open mics to try jokes anymore because I, I've, pieced it. I've learned how to build a joke, whether or not it's funny at the end of the day. Okay. You know, I, I'll try it one time and see what happens, you know? So now, now you're to the point where you don't even need to go to mics anymore to kind of write. Well, a if I go, if I go to one or two, that's that's about it. You know, you you start to learn, you know, what mics to go to. A lot of open mics, you know, are just comics, and you can't really judge. You can't judge material on a room full of comics because yeah. comics are assholes. Comic comedy comics yeah. won't laugh. They'll they'll laugh at the nine eleven joke we you can't use, but they won't laugh. At the <laughs> joke. I'm not even. I'm serious. You know. Yeah. You you. I mean, I don't know. If you've experienced it, but you most over mics comics, they're just assholes, you know. Dude, they you can't yeah, they'll, tell. They'll, you they'll, can't they'll, tell. they'll they'll smile at a joke if if that if they even look yes. up from their phone, they will smile but not laugh. It's like I can't hear your fucking smile, pal. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's one of the reasons why. You know, if, if you can make them smile, then you know that it's going to do great in a regular room. I'd rather, I'd rather drive to a place that has – I'll take five quote-unquote regular people in a room yeah. over a room full of comics any day of the week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was my experience, too. I had a real a real room full of people in Chicago. It went amazing. Moved out to New York City, just had, a, you know, rooms full of comics, and it was dog shit. And it's like, I cannot do this every day. You know, three mics a night, every fucking night. It's like, oh, fuck that shit. I'll start, I, I I'll start my own start. first. I did that at the start so I could learn how to build jokes. Okay. Um, and so it, it did help teach for a while there. And now you yeah, don't I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I'd be embarrassed to tell you how many mics I did the first year. It was probably, a, it was probably about 200. Wow, you know that's, that's nice. That's David Hodge telling you to get up as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in actual fact, I ended up motivating him too because he he got he got me the bug, and then as soon as I got the bug, he's like, "All right, let's slow down now." And I'm like, "Fuck you!" I, I I think our record for one night was five. Yeah, you know, which is crazy, especially wow. as we, we're doing. I we don't do a lot in the cities so okay. much because okay. you know we experienced a lot of what you're talking about. In New Jersey, but of course, in New Jersey, it's spread out. You know, you have to drive 20 miles between each one. But you might get a real audience. Yes. That's and worth, that's right worth now, its way to go. Right now, I've, I've got two or three mics that I like that always have one or two random people in, and that's that. That's my thing. I, I you know, I, I have no interest to, to go into the backyard of, of a fucking VFW with no people except comics. To me, yes. it's a waste of time. It's yeah. an absolute waste of time. Oh, especially if you had to drive there. Yeah, John Kirshner was saying something like that. Yeah, there might not be too many people paying attention, but those two people you focus on. So Absolutely. if there's at least two regular people or people paying attention, that's who you got to focus on to see if they laugh. Yep, exactly, exactly. I mean, I had we did one over Mike where uh, a, a soccer team came in halfway through, and we had like forty people <laughs> in the room, and it was like it was the best time at that particular yes. time ever. It was, Fuck it was, yeah, yeah. I want to have three hundred sixty-four more shows like that. Yes. Dude, fuck yeah. Well, follow him everywhere. No Filter Paul across social media. He's nofilterpaul.com. No Filter Paul, thank you so much for coming on. Yep, you're welcome, buddy. Have a good one.